0: My name is J.D. Larson. I'm the Associate Pastor of Training here at Mill City. Um, I have a question for you all. How many of you um, have ever become the hotel-slash-taxi service for out-of-town relatives that need to go to the airport? Anybody? Okay, several of you. So my brother decided that uh, last night would be a great night for that, for him, and he also decided to book a flight at 6 a.m. this morning. So I was up at 4.30, or what I guess my body thought was 3.30. So if I stumble through this, you know. It's, it's my brother's fault. But thank you for springing forward. Thank you for being here. Uh, let's pray and welcome God into this space uh, and this experience that we'll do today um, and welcome His presence. God, we love you. It's a privilege to be here gathered as your people. We've come, God, to be with each other and be with you. God, we pray, uh, Holy Spirit, that you would be guiding our hearts and our minds during this time. Uh, we submit to you and what you want to do during this time in our lives and in our hearts. Uh, thank you for your presence, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you're new with us this morning, just want to say welcome. Also want to say uh, This morning's sermon time is gonna be a little uh, non-typical, if you will. At Mill City, every once in a while, we uh, like to create space for experiences, not just uh, sermons or talks from up here. So this morning, I'm gonna teach for a short while, and then we're gonna go through an experience uh, together uh, that sort of helps us practice what we're talking about this morning. And uh, I also have to say that this morning may be a little bit somber, Uh, A little bit more somber than other uh, Sundays here, Uh, we're in the middle of a series called Searching for God, and this morning we're talking about searching for God in grief and in loss. So uh, please don't think that we're always this uh, contemplative and and sorrowful, it's just that this is where we're at in Lent, and we want to embrace this time and uh, listen to what God has for us this morning. So we're talking about searching for God in this series because we're in the season of Lent, which is a season, essentially, where the the church turns back to God and searches for Him, renews relationship with Him. And today, we're talking about grief and loss. And I thought I would start just just defining those two terms. And, And essentially, grief is a result or response to loss. So loss of life, loss of relationship, loss of job, loss of opportunity. There's lots of, lots of different losses that come up in our life that bring up this thing called grief. C.S. Lewis, which is one of my favorite authors, uh, describes grief in this book called a Grief Observed, which is a great book, as a sort of amputation. Loss, when it comes in our life, is a sort of amputation, and grief is the experience of walking through that. He's, he says that uh, describing uh, his experience after losing his wife. He also uh, describes grief and sorrow as not just the state that we're in, but a journey that we're jettisoned on when, lost, when loss comes into our life. Grief is a necessary journey that is, has an undetermined result. It's essentially a road that can have uh, lots of different destinations in our life a journey that can have lots of different destinations, but I think I could categorize those destinations into two. Essentially, we can be overcome by grief in our life, or we can embrace it and let it mature us. Uh, This book that we've been journeying through, Emotionally Healthy uh, Spirituality Day by Day, uh, is a a book that has daily offices in it, uh, times in our day where we can pause and just be in God's presence and meditate on things And there is a quote from this week's reading that will come up uh, that I think captures the journey of grief well and also the two different destinations that can come up in it. This is a quote from Jerry's sister. sister. Catastrophic loss, by definition, precludes recovery. It will transform us or destroy us, but it will never leave us the same. There is no going back to the past. It is not, therefore, true that we've become less through loss, unless we allow loss to make us less, grinding our soul down until there is nothing left. Loss can also make us more. I I did not get over the loss of my loved ones. Rather, I absorbed the loss into my life until it became part of who I am. Sorrow took up permanent residence in my soul and enlarged it. However painful, sorrow is good for the soul. The soul is elastic like a balloon, and it can grow larger through suffering. I think he captures well the the immensity and also the challenge of grief in our life. And the question I want to pose this morning is, How do we search for God in these times in our life? How do we create space to search for God in grief and in loss? Because I think how we answer that question can make all the difference between grief overcoming our lives and grief being embraced and enlarging our soul, as the quote said. So I look at a couple of examples in Scripture, and I see Job struggling through this in the Old Testament. I see David as well, and I also look at Jesus And Jesus was a man who is familiar with grief in his life. There's plenty of episodes where Jesus comes face to face with the journey of grief. Uh, We see this as his friend Lazarus dies. He comes weeping to his tomb. And we see this probably concentrated the most in Passion Week, which we're about to hit in our our calendar as Easter is approaching. That is a week full of grief for Jesus as he anticipates... uh, what he's about to do on the cross. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he says to his disciples as he's praying, I am overwhelmed with grief. Pray for me. Stay up for me. A moment that I want to point out that I think uh, that, that illustrates one of the things God is inviting us to do to search for him in grief is on the cross, actually. There's a famous quote from Jesus on the cross where he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You remember this? He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And much theological uh, thinking and writing has been put into those phrases, and a lot of conclusions have been drawn, and I don't want to diminish that by what I'm about to say. Those are important things, and what's happening spiritually is really important there. But there's this thing you should know about rabbis, which is what Jesus is. Rabbis would often say the first line of a psalm, and expect that their hearers would recall the whole psalm and know that that's what he's saying in the moment. And sure enough, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, is a psalm. It's the first line of Psalm 22. And Psalm 22 is a lament. A lament psalm. Laments are are ways of processing through grief that God has given his people from the beginning of uh, their relationship with him. And so he goes into the Psalm 22, and I want to read it this morning so that you can get a taste of what a lament is like and read and listen and think about Jesus on the cross uh, invoking this Psalm. It not only has some very amazing parallels to his current situation, but also illustrates what it looks like to be human in the midst of grief and try to search for God. So let's read through this, what Jesus is invoking on the cross. He says, my God, my God, Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one of Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted in you and you delivered them. To you, they cried out and were saved. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All, you, all who see me mock me. Think about Jesus on the cross here. All who see me mock me and hurl insults, shaking their heads at me. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let, him re- let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me, uh, you, you made me trust in you, even, in my, uh, even at my mother's breasts. From birth, I was cast on you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashnon, Encircle me. Roaring lions tear me, uh, that tear their prey uh, open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all of my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It melts within me. My mouth is dry like a pot shard. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death, dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircle me, they pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display, people stare and gloat over me, they defy my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far away from me. You are my strength, come quickly to help me deliver me from the sword my precious life from the power of the dogs rescue me from the mouth of the lion save me from the horns of the wild ox i declare your name to my i will declare your name to my people in the assembly i will praise you you who fear the lord praise him all descendants of jacob honor him revere him all the descendants of israel for he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted; he has not hidden the, his face from him, but he has listened to the cry to his cries for help. From you comes the theme of praise in the great assembly before those who fear you. I have fu- fulfilled my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May the hearts, may their, may your hearts. "'Live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nation will bow down before him. For the dominion belongs to the Lord. He rules over nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust and kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Prosperity will serve him. Future generations Will be told about the Lord, they will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to the people yet unborn, he has done it. Now, I know that was a long psalm, but that is a brilliant, beautiful display of Jesus lamenting on the cross. Lament is something that our community has talked about before. Earlier this year, we did a a public community uh, event lamenting things in our community. Uh, that we were sorrowful about, that we had grief about. God has given his people throughout time this practice of Lent as a way for searching, a way to search for him in the midst of the grief. As you read through that, can you imagine David, who originally penned it, the grief that he was experiencing, or the grief Jesus was experiencing on the cross as he experienced separation from the Father who he loved? What I want to want to do today is just break down a little bit the aspects of lament, and then we're going to take some time to build a personal lament of any grief or loss that we may be experiencing or that we see in our community today. So let me real briefly go through the aspects of lament and point them out in this psalm. The first one: uh, every lament starts with an address. I would call this a defining of the relationship. How many of you? at any point in your relationship with others have had a DTR or defined the relationship. I've had those before. They've been tense at points. Uh, the crucial question here is where are you, God, and who is God to you? So there's this real authentic expression of how one feels in relationship with God in the address. So my God, my God, why have you forsaken me is an expression of how that individual feels in relation to God. So it starts with an address. The second piece is a description, a description. I call this section, Let's Be Real. This is in verses 11 and 18 of that psalm and 6 and 8 of that psalm uh, where he the author just has these creative images of being pursued by these wild animals and be torn apart as a way of expressing the grief that he's experiencing. This is about naming emotions. This is about if your right brain creatively expressing your emotions, if your left brain just clearly stating how you feel, or some variation of both. I'm scared. I'm angry. I feel hurt. I don't understand. This is creating space to be raw and vulnerable with the God who loves you. Next is a confession of trust. This is the point where we exercise and practice our faith. In verse 3 and 5, it quickly turns here in the psalm where it says, Generations have trusted you. This is where the author is looking beyond his, his or her current circumstance and trusting in God's faithfulness outside of the pain they may be experiencing outside of the current circumstances and trusting then in God and offering trust. This is what it means to cultivate a covenant relationship with God that's built not on current circumstantial feelings, but on long-term faithfulness of God. This is how we practice faith in God. Then we have a petition. And this is naming what you want and what you need from God in the situation. It appears in verse 19 and 21 where where Jesus or whomever would be reciting the psalm would say, "Be near to me, rescue me, deliver me," asking for things specifically from God, asking for healing, restoration, comfort, sleep, a friend to walk with. Uh, if there's a loss in the community, peace among people who may have strife against one another, friendship to be merged. We should not be conservative in these requests, but faithful. Because God is an abundant God who is present with us in this loss and grief. And lastly, every lament ends with hopeful praise, is what I would call it. And this has to do with a vision of a new reality. You heard this at the end of the psalm where it said, uh, the poor will eat and be satisfied. Generations will praise you, will praise you in the assembly. For David, this was uh, God acting in leadership of Israel. For Jesus, it was God acting in his death to bring resurrection so that people could experience that sort of peace in his new kingdom. For us, it's hopeful praise that's not unrealistic. It's not trying to wish back what was, but something new with the new reality. In loss, it's for the, ex- the family to experience peace. It's for a, a, a renewed focus on what matters most In a loss of an opportunity, it's growing in maturity and passion and growing into what God has created you to be in a new way. At the end of every lament, there's this hopeful praise where we try to name, if something's not right, what would it look like to be made new and to be set right again? So as I said this morning, uh, we want to create this space for us to not only talk about this, but for us to experience this together. So let me explain how that's gonna work. So in the next few moments of time here, I'm gonna ask you to consider uh, an aspect of loss you may be personally experiencing in your life or an aspect of of grief that you may be experiencing. If nothing comes to mind, I don't want you to force it. Something you can do is pray for a loss in the community. Pray for Sheridan uh, with the tension they're experiencing here at the school. But I, I, I encourage you, if there's something that rises up in your gut when I say that, pay attention to that. And how this is going to work is there's going to be a series of slides that guide you through each aspect of the Lament uh, um, format that I just explained. And you're going to need a couple things in this. In your bulletin, there's a blank sheet of paper. Uh, there's also a post-it note that will come up in this exercise uh, in a pen. And I'll also say that we tried to fit as big a words as we could on the screen. So if you need to move forward and you can't see the screen, please feel free to do that. In the midst of this time, there will be people in the back to pray with you. If it just gets overwhelming, if you feel like you need prayer in the moment, or if you just want to talk through something with someone, there'll be people in the back, our prayer team, to pray with you. Also, uh, in our app, in the program icon, there is an electronic version of this as well that you can fill out and email to yourself if it's easier for you to type on your phone. But basically, we're going to take the next 15 minutes here and build for ourselves a personal expression of lament. Let me just pray and welcome God into this time that he'd be working in our midst and in our heart. And then uh, these guys are going to play music while this happens. Heavenly Father, we ask for your presence here. God, we ask that you would create vulnerability. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would take down any fear or anxiety that raises up at the prospect of doing this in people's hearts, in Jesus' name. Jesus, thank you for giving us this example. Give us the courage this morning to walk through it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.